You like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. Party girls, don't get hurt, can't feel anything. When will I learn? Let's go, Steve. I was waiting for her. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. <laughs> Here comes the impossible part. Good idea. Beautiful. So I'm just like her. I don't think Josie liked that. <laughs> she should have. Right. Welcome to episode <laughs> 129, Santamira After Dark. I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. My question for you is, how did the dog hear it through the headphones? Oh, I don't have headphones on. Makes sense. Well, I hope she enjoyed. <laughs> This week on the podcast, we let you in. Is what are we talking about today? And we are talking about Talk to Me. Yes. Talk to Me, uh, written and directed by Michael and Danny Filippo, who got their big start on uh, on YouTube, believe it or not. Um, uh -huh. Not familiar with their channel. I guess they're called uh, Raka Raka. And you know, they had a, a pretty big fan base. Guess they made short films and like special effects videos and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, led to them making a, a horror movie with A24. So, uh, even though I don't really know who they are, it is quite the, uh, quite the inspiring story, if you will. And, um, yeah, just starting off on YouTube and making short films. And then, you know, you make a, Pretty uh, successful horror movie that going up against uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, and you know, it it didn't beat either one of them, but they could put up a pretty. But it still, that still went up. It still made ten million dollars its opening weekend, so that's uh, definitely something to something to be proud of, I guess. Um, to win if I ever saw one. Uh, Talk to me stars Sophia Wilde, Joe Bird, and Alexandra Jensen, who, much like the directors, this is like one of their first projects. Uh, I guess pretty much every actor in this movie is an Australian actor because that's where these guys reside. And uh -huh. I guess they just got a bunch of like newcomers and made this thing for like you know, as cheap as possible and uh, it has the Miranda Otto in it too oh uh, where is she from so, um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Annabelle Creation okay so there, there are like 
So she's in Lord of the Rings too. Okay. So there are some established actors in here, but I'm looking at the budget of this movie, four and a half million dollars. So it opening weekend it already its budget, and you know that's Cats. pretty uh, pretty impressive for these uh, first time directors. Yeah, and I think we're we're in an era where almost like there's like two different types of uh, horror genres going on at the same time. They're both like thriving, and one seems to be on the way out. Um, and it is like pretty much original ideas versus legacy uh, sequels. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. seemingly, uh, you know, seems like the the original movies are kind of taking over a little bit, uh, which... As they should. It's, it's, it's kind of surprising because, you know, like 15 years ago when the remake uh, craze was in full effect, it was almost like there would be no original ideas ever in theaters. Like, even... Uh-huh. Some of the original ideas, it's like you look into it a little bit and it's like remake of a Japanese horror movie. And yeah. seemed like that's era that we were in at the time. Then I guess in twenty eighteen, like the legacy sequel thing took over with Halloween and you know Access Chainsaw Massacre got involved and it just seemed like we were going back and getting sequels to the original movies instead of making them but over the last couple of years it seems like original or movies have taken over which is uh you know definitely nice to see uh-huh. last year we got um a couple of um my favorite horror movies of the year were uh barbarian and smile and yeah I recently rewatched Smile and I did not have it on my top 20 movies of the year list. And it uh, seems like that might have been a mistake because I, <laughs> I I only saw it the one time in theaters and I like totally forgot how like layered that movie is. Because uh, uh-huh. like at, at first glance and c- kind of like a movie we're supposed to be talking about today. Um, you can watch it at like surface level and it works but you can kind of like delve into it a little bit and it will uh, you know there's like different uh, di- different layers of things going on and like different uh, themes and you, you know like you see the characters struggling with uh, they're struggling with with grief and mm-hmm. that's like yeah I love smile yeah and that's like a major thing uh, another couple uh, original horror movies that have come out is like nope pretty, pretty much like anything Jordan Peele touches uh, for better or worse uh, even though I didn't love us like there's no denying that that movie is relatively original um, mm-hmm. you know, X and Pearl I guess Bones and All would be like a kind of a horror movie. I'm not not sure if you would count that. Um, 
Yeah. So shout out to the the girl on Letterboxd who has logged bones and all like oh, three hundred times in the past year. Um, I I love it. Uh, I I followed her on Letterboxd to specifically see whenever she logs bones and all, and it's like constant. Like you like I'll log on to Letterboxd and you can scroll through like what some of your recent friends have been watching or your your followers followings I should say and can always count on her to be there watching bones and all <laughs> it's 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 hilarious but I guess she was getting like ripped apart on Twitter for watching bones and all 300 times in 200 days but I uh that's crazy that's the movie yeah I mean it, it's it's very good that's another movie that I want to want to rewatch but yeah um I, I I respect it um but before we uh delve into our uh thoughts our spoiler free thoughts on talk to me would you like to give a brief plot description mm-hmm. yeah it pretty much follows a group of friends talking to spirits from the other side with this weird like this weird hand thing. It's it's ironic you say that because a car just sped past I your know. house, and it's it's ironic because of where this movie ends up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- these kids have this like embalmed hand, and it's like this party game where you can summon ghosts and they can possess your body for like a limited time. I think it's like ninety seconds. And you can't let them stay in longer. You have to blow out the candle. Or they'll want to stay. Or they'll want to stay. Forever. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's heavy. Some of the, like, makeup effects in this movie are uh, some of the best that I've seen in, like, a recent horror movie. And I think that comes from, like, these directors being, like, pros at special effects on YouTube. Uh Uh-huh. Um, it's not like, like some some of them you can see that they are, uh, you know, more made up than others. Like the there's this lady that was, uh, it's implied that she drowned. She's like bloated and whatnot. So obviously she require more effects than others. But even like, it's the main characters like when they fall back and like their eyes are black. And yeah. it's like all of them, all of them are like acting at like 110%. And this makeup looks absolutely crazy. And yeah, it just, uh, just works pretty much. Like I, 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 I like I, I, I love the makeup in this movie. Um, very good. And a lot of the, uh, the things we said, like the themes of this movie involving grief, which we'll get into in the spoiler section. Uh-huh. Um, you know, taking elements from, you know, like other A24 horror movies like Hereditary and like, I guess Scream kind of like the sour taste for those movies in my mouth because of the term elevated horror. Um, oh, yeah. So, it almost seems like an insult to call them elevated horror and I don't really like it but it's definitely taking elements from those movies 
and putting them in like this fun party environment, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. And it seems like A24 is kind of like trying to reach a, I don't want to necessarily say like a younger audience, but like more in stream audience, I guess, by throwing an element like this into a movie. Uh-huh. Like last year with Bodies, 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 like that was another one where you know, it seemed like they were trying to reach like a more in-stream audience and getting like Pete Davidson in your movie, example. Um, oh, yeah. And this movie takes elements from like Hereditary and movies like that. Then it takes like this element from a movie like Truth or Dare and almost like combines them in like this weird way. And somehow it's very successful at it. Like, no, I I, I just sure. love it. I I I guess I say that this is probably my favorite horror movie of the year. Only other one that would I'm close right now would probably be Scream Six. Um, I think those are my top two horror movies of the year. And you know, obviously, there's a a whole bunch coming out. And zero. Toward the end of the episode, I want to talk about some of these new horror movies coming out because I want to hear some of your thoughts on some of the recent horror movie news that has come out, but we'll, we'll get there later in the episode. Do I know the news? Um, I'm not sure. I might be... Uh, it might be a breaking news or a section. Might be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, did you have anything spoiler-free-wise on this movie? Did you hear how the um, directors like thought made the movie, like what their inspiration was from? Oh, what is it? They said I was listening to an interview, and they said they had this neighbor that was like on drugs, and he would do crazy stuff, and people would like sur- laugh at him and film him. Okay, while he's like spazzing. Yeah, and that that is something that is very um, kind of prominent in in our culture, um, where yeah. it's like you see someone kind of, you know, having some issues, and you know, I, I, it's it's a case by case basis. Like there are situations where people mm-hmm. are trying to be filmed and whatnot, but these days it seems like if there's someone in distraught, we might as well film it. Yeah, and especially for like a, uh, I'm assuming they were you know addicted to drugs and whatnot. So, you know that's uh, yeah, yeah. It's like obviously something that it is mentally wrong with this person, and it's not to be taken as like this joke that uh-huh. people tend to, uh, you know, laugh at things. I guess so. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't know that story. That's interesting. And that makes sense because this, um, I guess it's like talk to me game becomes this thing that they try to like post on their Snapchat story. And it's like, it's not really something to be taken lightly because there are actually spirits mm-hmm. that are like latched on to this thing that are trying to, yeah. trying to get out of here and get into the, I guess the real world and there are a couple questions that I had about how this whole situation works, which we'll get into in the spoilers. Oh, um, you've seen this movie twice, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I want to hear like kind of like what you took from uh, probably like the last ten minutes of the movie. What I'm confused on, uh, we'll, we'll get into there when we when we get there as well. But yeah, th- this movie is honestly hard to talk about without spoiling anything. So if you wanted to jump into the spoiler section, we can, I guess. Yeah. Open up the safe, bitches got a lot to say. Right, so I guess we could talk about like the the the, the main section of the movie or like the main theme of the movie is like dealing with grief as uh mm-hmm. Sophia Wilde's character Mia her mother has uh committed suicide or or at least it's implied that she committed suicide. Uh they accidentally. <laughs> yeah, they they throw a couple it's in this movie that like maybe it was an accident you know maybe something else happened like they don't really come out and say one way or another but guess the one of the things i was confused by with this movie is how they treat uh the character of mia's mom because at one point she is at the receiving end of this like hand thing and she's trying to get into the real world, and she takes over. Uh, she takes over um, uh, Riley, who definitely goes through it in this movie. Uh, very similar, very yeah, similar to Alex Wolf in Hereditary. Um, mm-hmm. So it might be worse, actually. <laughs> might be, might be. Although, though, at least Riley didn't have Eamon in his body. True. And on the other hand, like he was also like with someone like Payman, so I guess <laughs> I guess it could be one way or another. Um Riley's character, like he every chance he gets, he tries to kill himself. And mm-hmm. it's I don't I don't know if this movie was like trying to preach like an anti drug and an anti uh suicide message as well kind of what it seemed because there's also like the the peer pressure element and could also be something like grief would drive you to do these weird and crazy things that you might yeah. you might not do otherwise uh, cuz it's almost like this talk to me game is like a drug because mhm yeah it definitely seems like it it's like instead of drugs in this world, they uh, communicate with the dead and get possessed for 90 seconds. It's almost like... I guess it feels amazing. Yeah. Could, according to all of them. That's like the only reason you would do it is like you get possessed for 90 seconds and come out feeling like... Like they're like laughing as if they're high and they they feel... Like you said, they said they feel amazing. So, no, it it's interesting. But... <laughs> the thing with like the the mom is that uh mia ends up keeping the mom's spirit in riley for more than 90 seconds because she wants to talk to her mom and her mom's like apologizing for it which Mm -hmm. i said i guess that would be a hint that she didn't commit suicide and later on in the movie the dad has a suicide note from her and that's revealed to be uh fake version of the dad. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my question is, how does Mia 
how does she see these like dead people? Like she wasn't possessed for more than 90 seconds, correct? She was her first time, yeah. Okay. Okay. I I wasn't sure if I got that cuz I do remember there's that scene where Riley is scared after the game and he goes to uh, sleep in uh, sleep in his sister's room because he's scared. Um, uh-huh. But his sister very rudely shuns him. Yeah, and then he goes to sleep in his room and Riley says something like, you were gone for a long time. So, yeah, I, I, yeah you're right. So is... Yeah, the one character, the, um, like her name was Haley. Yeah. Said that she went over. She was the first one to go over in 90 seconds. Okay, so it's like if you go over even like a little bit of time, you're just screwed. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't sure if, um, she actually went over or not, but I, I do remember that now that you mention it. But, uh, so so is it like once you go over the time you're like doomed to see these different beings I guess I think you're pro to pretty much yeah because it it's it's almost revealed that like this people are living in purgatory almost like insidious and they're kind of just wandering mm-hmm. then whenever someone plays this game they're like summoned out and that's like their only escape otherwise they're just like wandering in darkness like if you're yeah because at first night we see um we see the hand when riley's watching that watching something on his phone falling asleep we see like mia's hand take his phone and like put it turn it off and then we see another hand after okay yeah so they're already out and about at that point it's almost like if you were doomed to this fate and kind of just wandering in darkness for, you know, for eternity until you can get out. Like, no I, wonder that trying to get past 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's your only way of like seeing and feeling anything would be to have that brief 90 seconds. And it's like, once mm-hmm. you know, like that, that's their only escape. So they're trying to, to, um, you know, stay here. So you, yeah. From their perspective, you can't really, you can't really blame them. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it's like they are. Um, since Riley was over for ninety seconds, he's almost like fully taken over. It seems. I think that's the mindset of uh-huh. and that's like why he constantly tries to kill himself. But it's like if these creatures or these like. People were like trying to escape. Why would they try to kill him? No, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, like this movie has a uh-huh. has a few explained things going on here, which is why I didn't give it perfect score. Um, and it it could be a case where the clues are within the movie, but you know, it's like one of those movies you have to watch times to kind of realize what's going on that could be a case um but i have a feeling this is going to come up in our top 10 movies of the year or top 20 so yeah we could probably by then it'll be out on vod and everything so i 
I'll have enough time to delve into it a little bit more. But that was one of the questions I did have and kind of kept it from being perfect movie. Because even like Redditary, which I, I guess I'm going to keep comparing it, comparing this movie to Hereditary. Um, there are things that are, you know, that you can kind of question, but Ari Aster did a great job of like leaving little things there the whole time. Like it, like what if, uh, Charlie didn't get decapitated by the pole and it's like, well, uh-huh. the, the cult symbol was on the pole. So they had this plan the entire time, like things like that. So. Once you yeah. go back, you can realize like, oh, this was part of the plan the entire time. This was designed to happen. I'm curious if there are things in this movie that you know, we kind of just didn't pick up on. And, you know, the more we see it and more, uh, the more people see it, more people will pick up on things and things like that will kind of make sense. I have a, I have a feeling uh-huh. that's what's going to happen because... Uh, most of this movie is like tightly wrapped. There's just like a few things like that that would give me the question things. Um, yeah. Also, like the ending of the movie um, had some questions about that too. I don't know if you want to wait until we'll we'll, we'll wait till we delve into the ending of the movie. Um, yeah. So. Um, what is your take on the symbolism of the kangaroo? Sad. Sad? <laughs> yeah, it was very sad. Like, what do you think it symbolized? Um, Her not being able to put Riley out of his misery later okay. on. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I got too. And it's also... It was, it was a parallel... And she couldn't do it either time. Could have time. also been a parallel to herself, um, because uh-huh. you know she's also gone through it, and so uh, I guess in Australia, the uh, they're they're prone to hit kangaroos, or in Ohio, uh, we are known to hit deer on the road. So I guess, <laughs> I guess that I guess that's the um. The, the, the difference between America and Australia, um, among other sure. things, but like the big, the big, that's, difference the, right that's the main difference right there. That, uh, in Ohio, oh, you'll hit, uh, hit deer in Australia, you'll hit kangaroo. Um, which one would you rather hit a kangaroo or a, or a deer? Um, I feel like a kangaroo would do less damage. I feel like a kangaroo would do more damage. Well, what size is the kangaroo? I'm talking like an adult kangaroo. Like, oh, uh, well, I feel like it would live and attack me. So, okay. Kangaroo are vicious. You also got to worry about them like having a baby in their pouch. Uh, you don't want to. Yeah, want to do that. Um, with a deer, like they're always scared of everything. So once you hit it, it'll probably just either die or run away. Mm-hmm. That's what happened when I hit a deer. I hit it and. Like, I don't think I hit it hard enough for it to die. Kind of just ran away. As I hit it, mm-hmm. damage to my car, went to come back home, so I turned around and there was nothing in the road. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it wandered off and died. I don't know if it, like, 
just bruised. Hit it pretty hard for it to do enough damage to the car, so I don't know if I, like, maybe mm-hmm. I broke its leg or something. I don't know. Who knows? A monster. Oh, no. Well, I, I didn't intentionally hit hit the deer. <laughs> there was another... Yeah, kind of ran out. There was another time where I saw a deer, like, laying in the road, and I felt real bad, as you could tell it was hit at some point. It was still mm-hmm. alive. It, like up and like looking around and I'm like I gotta get to work so I can't can't I can't help <laughs> I'm like I don't know what to do and you know I did what Mia did and mm-hmm. kind of just what went uh, about yeah. things didn't put it out of its misery um yeah I don't know what I would do right I now. later talked to a deer enthusiast work uh and <laughs> He was like, the person who hit it should have put it out of its misery. He's like, whenever, whenever I have a, he's like, whenever, whenever I go out at night, I, I bring a, a pocket knife with me. So that way, in case I hit a deer, I could put it out of its misery. And I'm like, how are you, how are you prepared know. for such a thing? <laughs> Why keep a pocket knife in my car for other reasons? But... <laughs> His his idea is that if he hits a deer, he's gonna like slice its throat so so he could put it out of its misery, and mm. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, uh, interesting, I don't really have, I don't, I don't think that far ahead for me to worry about what I'll do if I no. hit a deer. Like probably my worry at the time would be getting my car fixed, <laughs> and it's like, oh god, now I gotta. Yeah, I'd be more concerned with oh my car's destroyed yeah. now. So yeah, but anyway, like the the character of Mia, she is um, you know, like a, a very damaged character, and uh-huh. dealing with the the death of her mom and dealing with the things that went on with Riley, like she has like an estranged relationship with her father. For half the movie, I was confused with. with who she lived with. Yeah, unless she technically does live with her dad, but she doesn't really spend a lot of time there because being around him upsets her. Yeah, and I thought this... I thought Jade Riley and Mia were like foster kids for like half the movie. And then the the <laughs> the mom shows herself and is like going on about them having a party and... That's where I'm like, oh, so Jade and Riley are brother and sister, and Mia is kind of like a just stays stays here, I guess. Friend, but um, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, so she has to deal with the things that went on with Riley, and then she has to deal with Jade and uh, Jade's mother, you know, being angry at her for what went on with Riley. So it it it's just like a whole bunch of things, and it's like. She's also like dealing with a lot of stuff and it's like almost like that character yeah. would be better off at as well. And it's like, I thought I'm like encouraging, you know, to, to do what she eventually does. But no, it, it I, I, I guess the way for me to explain it is I had the same feeling going into the final episode of Breaking Bad. Where I was like, like Jesse Pinkman has been through so much like you know everyone he loves is gone and it's like I I feel like him as a person 
would be put out of his misery. It'd be better for him if he just died. And and mm. that's kind of how I felt about about Mia, where it's like she's been through all this stuff, <laughs> and maybe it would be better for you know, her to be put out of her misery. But turns out <laughs> it is not it better for good. her to be put out of her misery because, <laughs> well. Uh-huh. On top of everything that else, or on top of everything that goes on, she also accidentally kills her father by stabbing him in the neck. So on top oh. of everything else, oh yeah, more her fake dad yeah. was attacking her. Yeah, so I guess these people have the ability to shape shift, which is why I was confused on how she was seeing uh, her her mother. I was like, is that really her mother, or is that like a fake mother trying to to guide her into these things um well it seemed like they didn't blow the candle out a couple times and it seems like the door is just left open now so they're kind of just like clumsy and responsible with this game but that that, that... yeah especially Mia because there's a scene where her and Daniel are sleeping together. Yeah. Daniel is her best friend's boyfriend and her ex. So it's automatically well, awkward. <laughs> I guess on one hand they're they're like teenagers, so like those things those things happen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that it it it, Just, it, yeah. it is an awkward situation. <laughs> but but yeah. They're having, they're sleeping together, and he leaves because he's attacked by what we see as this ghost sucking on his feet. But it ends up being yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, trauma and being that you put out of your misery, like imagine you're you just wake up and you're sucking on someone's toes. Yeah, that I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Did you say you were so embarrassed? So that happened to you before? Yeah. No. Oh, well. I was embarrassed for her. Like I felt, I felt like, oh, well, you need to share that story on the podcast because that's a if 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 you if you woke up no. and you were sucking uh, <laughs> someone's toes, I'm like, that's a it's a story that needs to be shared to the public. But no, I'm not a I'm not a foot person. I can also edit part out and you could just pretend that it happened so feel free to make okay. no <laughs> okay <laughs> I was like oh well, uh, I'd rather okay. not <laughs> you know so I'm trying to make it easier than what sometimes it is. on a podcast you have to play a character a little bit and you have to you play it <laughs> well you're you're the one who uh who who started the the story so it obviously it makes sense for it to transition into you telling the story. Go ahead. <laughs> I have never marked <laughs> toes. I'm not a foot person. I would have to be a a very well groomed okay. foot. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm not a foot person either, just to put it out there. But um <laughs> yeah. yeah, if if it's a well groomed foot, who knows what'll happen. I'm, but I'm not saying that. Even if it's a well groomed foot 
until that happens. Oh, I'm saying if it's a well-groomed foot, I'm staying away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't know. Well, I I know. (laughs) Bring me into this. Where was I going? You were about to tell a story about how you woke up and... uh... No, I wasn't. (laughs) I I have no idea. I have no the idea movie. where you were going. Oh, the door. Yeah. <laughs> the door is open. Because when he leaves, she... First, there was that jump scare that scares everybody, where she, like, slaps herself. Oh, yeah. It's very loud, and it's like, oh, well. Oh. Pretty sure both times the whole theater yeah, jumped. They do that early on in the movie too, with like a pillow smacking someone in the face. And yeah, yeah, the, the sound design is very bizarre. Where like thing like that would would like a a, a a pillow smacking someone in the face would be very loud. I like it though. Were you... But yeah, after that, she starts playing with the the hand again and talking to mm-hmm. her mom. And it's definitely more than 90 seconds because she goes to sleep with her. Okay. Okay. I'm like, yeah, the door is definitely open now if it wasn't before. Okay, I I guess I'm as irresponsible as the teens in this movie because I didn't even catch on that that was more than 90 seconds. And and I was like, oh, she didn't blow out the candle. Like, I didn't catch that. So. Even when Riley goes over and starts like hitting himself or smacking his head against the table. They never blew the candle out. Yeah, th- that was the the one time I did notice that they definitely went over because uh, they couldn't get Riley's hand to let go of the the embalmed hand. And mm-hmm. yeah, and he uh, he goes through it in that that scene. Um Yeah, that seems uh, crazy. Did you have any more on that uh, that topic you were talking about? Okay. No, uh, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, let's talk about Riley for a second, because there's that scene in Hereditary, once again. T- take a shot whenever I mention Hereditary in this episode. Um, oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there's that scene where Alex Wolf smacks his head on the table, breaks his own nose. Just, just imagine that, but it just mm-hmm. keeps going. And he's trying yeah. to do like irreversible damage to himself, and it it's almost like what's the most violent way I can kill myself? <laughs> like he tries to rip out his own eye, and that was, you know, I, I, I'm I've, I've I've seen a lot of horror movies, so I'm like very uh, desensitized to a lot of things. That was one of the few times I was uh-huh. like, oh god, that's. It's too much. Like he he starts pulling out his own eye. So I'm not sure if he has like permanent damage to his eye. I know later on his eye is just swollen shut for the rest of the movie. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. you no know, like a very uh what one of my icks as they say would be you know like a like I like eye trauma. I, I can't do it. I can't even get myself to get like 
basic eye surgery or something. Like, just the idea of that freaks me out. And you won't wear contacts? No. I mean, I've, I've considered buying contacts. Haven't bit the bullet yet. Uh, because it's just... Uh, I, I can't deal with things going in my eyes like that. Just stick with my glasses for now. <laughs> uh -huh. But... But, uh, and then, like, he's slamming his head up against the, like, uh, table and hits it so hard that I think, I can't remember if it's Mia or Riley, they try to stop it and, like, block it with their hand, and he does, like, a lot of damage to their hand. Oh, so, yeah, it was Esther. Like, I don't even want to know, like, the brain damage that this poor kid has. It doesn't seem like he has any. I don't know, especially after like what happens in the hospital, because there's another episode in the shower in the in the hospital. He's slamming his head up against the tile. So I, I think he might. Does they show him at the end? Well, we'll get there when we get there, but I don't think the full end of the movie is actually a reality. So we'll 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 get there. Um, I want to I want to see how you took that too, but yeah, I, I I think he he he's probably like there's no way he has like he's gonna walk away from this movie with like no permanent damage to him because it's a table slams it on the window slams it on the tile and you know was being uh all all the while this is happening he's being uh, traumatized in hell. Oh yeah, as uh, Mia gets like a brief glimpse at like the the life that Riley is currently enduring, and he is, I guess, just being tortured in hell by more creatures or people that are trying to move out. So, oh well, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, th there's also some cool shots in this movie that I really liked. Uh, specifically, like, uh, the, the one I could think of and thinking like, oh, that, that was really cool is, um, I think it's right after they play the first game and it's like raining and you can see, uh, like the, the, the rain on the window, you can see it on Mia's face is like her face is lit up from the, the, the whatever, the street light or whatever it might be. Um, yep. you can see like the water running from the window, but it's running on her face as well. I thought that was just a, an interesting shot, nice. an interesting shot that I really liked. Um, but yeah, I guess we could talk about the ending of the movie because this is where I have, uh, kind of the most questions. Um, uh -huh. well, let me, let me backtrack for a second. Um, we were speaking on uh, gross things in this movie, like the toe sucking. Uh, how did you feel about uh, the poor actor that had to get his tongue licked by a dog? Ugh. Yeah, that guy. Because <laughs> I remember after we saw the movie, you were like, that had to be like a like a, a fake person doing that. But I was looking, I, I was looking uh -huh. at the scene, and. I saw movement, so I don't think <laughs> I think it was an actual actual person doing that. 
Um, yeah. Whereas Snow, hopefully, got paid well. <laughs> yeah, he 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 better be profiting a lot off of this movie to be doing a scene like that. I'm surprised he hasn't spoken out about this thing. <laughs> so I'm curious if there's like a a thing in the credits that says like no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Oh damn! It's not only for the dog, but for the kangaroo itself. Um, oh yeah. And the the kangaroo comes back later on in the movie, and mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure because does this imply that animals also are existing in this afterlife purgatory? I would say so. Okay, because she sees the kangaroo while she's seeing like her dead father, and like that's Mia's cue to kind of put. Riley out of his misery. Uh huh. And, you know, instead of, uh, instead of putting Riley out of his misery, he selfishly is like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I don't have to deal with this anymore. I'll, I'll just take myself out of the equation, which probably something I would do, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just like, because <laughs> it's like, what, what are the alternatives here? You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to put up with these things for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of kidnapping Riley from the hospital and, you know, whatever else comes from this, because the family that I was attached to is disowning me now like I accidentally killed my father like you know what I'm just gonna see myself out of here <laughs> I don't know it, it it's it's a it, it's a weird thing but <laughs> so they do this great shot and this probably comes from like their experience with uh the director's experience with dealing with special effects and whatnot, but they do this this cool shot where it seems like Mia is going to push Riley into traffic and kill him, and um, Jade ends up seeing this and tries to stop them, and it cuts to like the just the traffic moving, and you hear like the thud, and you like somebody got hit and then it cuts to uh, Mia laying in the road and it seems like she's fine it's a, a weird situation seems like she's fine yeah. she kind of just gets up and I guess that's I guess that's like our first clue that like hey uh, this isn't reality because she is everything is not what it seems yeah uh, shout out to Lena Gomez um, yeah it's like she she's walking around normally and she's just walking you know the street she gets back to the hospital she sees riley being rushed back to his room and she sees her father who she killed to walk past her which i guess this is where i was confused because i don't understand like this whole situation because the father gets on the elevator and the father is, you know, already dead. 
love when um what was the girl's name jade when she found him he was still moving oh so he might still be alive that's what you're saying yeah okay maybe okay yeah i didn't i didn't catch that maybe that's why he was not listening to her well if he's still alive he wouldn't be seeing her i don't think yeah, he didn't really acknowledge her when she was calling out for him. I don't know. Oh, so, he's, well, I would imply that he got, like, a big stab wound to the neck and, like, hours later is just leaving the hospital. Well, I think in that scene, I don't think there's any concept of time. Oh, so- because we see Riley get pushed into... Or brought back into the hospital on a stretcher. Like two seconds later, we see him sitting on the bed talking about something about he missed a lot of school. Okay. And he's so far behind. And then we see them leaving. Okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I don't think there's really a concept of time in that part. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. It's probably not meant to be like literal. Is like from what I remember, I the director said that that scene was actually supposed to be a lot longer. Okay, interesting. Is that that does seem like a um, trying to think of another movie that kind of did like this big like climatic ending like that. Like Bo is Afraid, I guess would be another one where mm-hmm. they do like this ending that has like a lot of layers and a lot of symbolism so it feels like it could have been something like that or like the lords of salem for example like an ending like that yeah yeah but okay so yeah so time doesn't exist here pretty much is what you're saying like it's not meant to be yeah that's that's how i interpreted it okay because we also don't know how long this actually happened like i'm i'm assuming this hand is like passed on from person to person and it's just like a, a relic mm-hmm. and somehow these teens got a hold of it and you know I feel like after this one of the teens would just get rid of it <laughs> yeah we do see at the beginning of the movie the original person that had it before these people died too yeah I don't even think that was the original I just feel like this thing was you know it keeps getting like with all the down. writing on it would imply that it's just passed from person to person and it's just become like almost like an ur- an urban legend yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. which I you know, would leave the door open for uh you know, sequels and prequels, which uh th- they have expressed interest in doing. Uh somebody tweeted at them or something and asked them if they were uh planning on doing a sequel. And they pretty much said that would be awesome, but we need people to go see this movie first. And they said mm-hmm. they want to do a sequel, but this movie would have to make money. And, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the uh, episode, mm-hmm. obviously it uh, you know has made money. So we're, we're in an era where there's these like horror directors who are doing like this very original content. And it's just like a great time yeah. to be a horror fan. So, 
Um, I'm also looking at the hand right now. There's like writing on it, all over it. I'm trying to make out some of the writing. Uh, you know, some of it's in a different language. Some of it just has like people's names. Another one says, I want to see you. Another one says, please let me go. Another one says, I know what you did. Yeah, it, it's just, it's interesting to uh. read some of the writing. And I'm curious if once this comes out, if you'll be able to see it more than just the one picture I'm seeing right now. I want a replica. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, this website has like a 3D printed uh, mannequin hand. That uh, sure. I guess you can only download it, so you'd have to have a 3D printer to to make it. But but the oh yeah file to download it is only six dollars and fifty cents. So, but huh. if you want to go out and make a 3D or buy a 3D printer. For, for a couple hundred dollars, then you can, you can spend six dollars to get a replica, and then you'd have to paint it and everything as well. But and find all everything that says yeah, or it. make your own stuff. Ugh. Um. Right, so we were we were talking about the ending of the movie, so we'll get we'll delve back into that a little bit. Yeah. So so like we said, time doesn't matter. So we see her, um, you know, like walking through the darkness and yeah, I'm, I'm curious if you added like 10 minutes onto this thing, like what it would look like. Cause. Uh -huh. Like what else yeah. would, would be seen like, there? She would probably see like her mom or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know if she could delve into the past or anything like that, but something interesting. Yeah, this scene, this scene kind of gave me confirmation that it was not her mom talking to her. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because if it was, she would have yeah, definitely greeted her. And then the scene just before she decided to sacrifice herself, I think what really sold her that it wasn't her mom was when she said, we'll have him forever. Yeah, I noticed that too. Because she really thought it was her until, like, the last thing she said. And then she was like, oh. Yeah, that was the one her. line I caught on the second viewing as well. Where <laughs> it was like, oh, the, the mom said that we'll have him forever. So it's like the mom was in on the people that are just trying to get Riley. And I guess they want Riley because he's yeah. younger. That would be, like, the ideal person. But... They're also, like I said, they're also physically destroying him. So I don't under, I, I don't understand the end game. But, <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah. So she sees like a light at the end of this like pitch black room. Uh, we don't know how much time has passed, but uh, she sees a hand reaching out, and she touches the hand. And it turns out that she is, you know, in the game and has uh, has died. So now she's on the other end, and she's now one of the ghosts that she was uh, summoning previously. And it's such a great ending. 
And yeah. I think it, I'm, I'm not sure if a sequel should include this character. I'm not sure how it would, but it would be interesting to try to like maybe bring Jade and Riley back and kind of explore like what you can mm -hmm. do with, if, if you know someone on the other side. Yeah. Then it's also. Now I wonder if he, if he is going to be seeing ghosts. I would assume too. so. Because he never, um, never closed yeah, the door. Yeah, I would assume either. so. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I would definitely assume that he would be almost suffering the same fate that uh, Mia has suffered for the last hour of the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, this is such a great ending. Like, might be recency bias, but, like, I'm putting this in, like, the top 20 endings to a horror movie. Um, I just think it's, like, a... It, it hits, like, a thud, and it's almost, like, abrupt. And it's like, oh, God, that's... Like, oh, God, that's what happened. She's... Mm -hmm. she's She's one of them now. And, you know, if you're looking at it from, from like, different angles, it's like, well, you know, her life on Earth was miserable, almost. Well, pretty much miserable. And now it's, like, like, it's, and like, this yeah, because, like, people more miserable. who, uh, you know, I guess might think they'd be better off. Uh, transitioning or whatever you want to call it um and it's like well no she like her life now it, she's in purgatory now wandering in darkness and in, you know depending on this this stupid yeah. hand to like feel and see anything and it's like no no wonder these these people are trying to get out and <laughs> get out of this purgatory because like this is it's like just a brief <laughs> sensation, and it's like, oh, I, I find, I'm, I'm finally free, and I can finally feel something. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, such a dark ending, and I think it hits like a a thud, and it's like, and she even said at the beginning of the movie that she always had nightmares that she was looking in the mirror and never saw her reflection, so she was like nothing. Okay, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. And now that's pretty much what she has not even happens. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't even catch that. That's a nice uh nice catch. But yeah, this movie is uh I feel like it's only gonna get better the more I watch it. It's just um almost mm -hmm. like the experience I had with Smile last year, where it's like the more you think about it, the more there's to, to pick at, and then when I rewatched yeah. Smile earlier or last month or whatever it was, it was, uh, I'm like, oh, I forgot how many, like, layers there are to this thing, and... It's crazy how dark both yeah. of them are, they, they take this, like, fun, like, truth or dare idea and, and just, mm -hmm. like, do something totally original with it. And it's, it's so refreshing that, like, because... Like truth or dare, like it's not, it's not as bad as people say it is, but it's literally like, a, yeah, like I like yeah, truth it, or dare. It's it, it's kind of like a definition of like a mainstream, fun horror movie. 
And I'm glad like yeah. A24 is kind of trying to branch out into this like mainstream territory. Uh, even though I didn't love Bodies, 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 still like a fun movie that you know. Sure. It, it it's like a a, a a satire too on like millennials and whatnot, but it's uh, yeah. You know it it it's. It kind of takes elements of that elevated horror and puts it into the a mainstream idea. So I, I think it's a, a unique crossover. Um, an interesting thing about mm-hmm. these directors, I guess they had the balls because they originally went to another studio with this movie and they were like, we want you to put like an origin of this hand into this movie. And they were like, well... Well, if we do that, it's going to be stupid. Like, it's it's not going to be any good. They literally left the studio and were like, yeah, we're, we're not going to sell you this movie because we don't want to do something like that. They had the balls, like, as, as first-time directors, they had the balls to say no and do their own thing. Yeah. I like it. And I guess <laughs> they were offered, like... According to IMDb, it doesn't say what movie it was. They turned down the chance to direct an unknown film in the DCEU in favor of this movie being their directorial debut. So, like, the amount of money they could have Mm. made from a DC movie, but those movies come with, like, a lack of creative control. Because it's like, you know... Yeah. I don't know what movie it could have been. Maybe The Flash, I guess. Maybe. That's the only movie. That's the only movie that maybe was being made at the time this was being made. The Flash or is it Blue Beetle? Maybe. <laughs> but it's like I'm excited. It's like you could be making all that money, but it's like you don't have creative control, and like you have to listen to James Gunn all the time. Yeah, no one wants to do that. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh. <laughs> Just a just an interesting risk that they took to like turn down money and turn down turn down a studio because they didn't want to do it. uh, Luckily, A twenty four is pretty much known for you know giving uh, people creative control. So they, I guess, kind of uh, you know gave them the creative control, and they're like, "All right, we like this story. Do what you want." and we'll all reap the benefits yeah and yeah i think i think it it a lot of times it goes a long way to let your creatives hook a little bit um and to and to like trust them because you know if you have like a studio interfering in the movie and then you have like a writer and a director and actors kind of picking and what they want in the movie you end up with like Black Adam, for example, like like no one wants that. So, <laughs> yeah, something that uh-huh. it's just lifeless. And it's like you could tell this was cooked up by a studio that was trying to make money. So, like, I, like I, I don't know the story uh-huh. of like what the hand would have been, and I guess the the creators himself don't know. But you know, it's it's almost like one. 
Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like this. In like the grand scheme of things, it's just like this embalmed hand that can reach the dead. Like it doesn't need to have this story. Like we found it. We found it in in uh, in, in, in Brazil, and it was involved in the occult. And it's like, all right, well, let's just let let's just let's just not know. It's It's almost like the things you could come up with in your head are almost better than anything you would see. Because, like, you could assume it was involved in the occult. You could assume Uh many things, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah, this is a great movie. I definitely recommend it. And it's, uh, as of right now, it's close between Scream 6 and this movie. It's my favorite horror movie of the year. Um, Screams and Skinnamarink. Oh yeah, how could I forget about Skinnamarink? Maybe this is my second favorite horror movie of the year, <laughs> because I, sure. yeah, because I had Skinnamarink up at my top all year. So yeah, how could I forget about Skinnamarink? Yeah. All right, so maybe it's my second favorite horror movie of the year. <laughs> Scream Six made some questionable decisions at the end of the movie, and kind of soured the taste a little bit but it's, it's funny because I saw a tweet that said uh, please don't let these characters die and it was the core four it was like please please well, don't let yeah. them die in Scream 7 and people were saying that it's hilarious that this is entirely possible that none of them are going to die <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised now yeah yeah and like that original trilogy like the the main people stay alive, like you know Sydney and Gail and Huey, but like you know everybody around them. There there are like has no chance. Yeah, there's like strong supporting casts that you care about as well, and you know they die. Okay. So I think that's going to wrap up our section on talk to me. Did you have anything else? No, I think we covered. Mostly everything. Okay, so there's a couple bit of uh, horror movie news that I wanted to to discuss with you, real quick. And oh yeah, breaking news. And this segment will go on. That's my news music. Thank you. Um, there's <laughs> a uh, th- th- this section will be too long. I just want to go over a few things with you. So speaking of Scream Seven. We got the director of uh, Happy Death Day 1 and 2 and Freaky. I saw uh, that. How, how do we feel no. about that? I like it. I'm just very surprised that the other two directors would leave their movie and or leave their trilogy in the middle. Yeah, um, I guess... Because now they can go a whole different route and their original finale might not be told. Yeah. Um, I guess they are wrapped up in another uh, another project. I'm not sure what it is. So are half of the actors. Um, I'm looking at it now. It's... Uh, Okay, so they have 
I'm not sure. Uh, it says Untitled Universal Monsters film comes out in 2024. Um, and an Escape from New York remake. And uh -huh. um, the directors of Scream 6 and uh, Scream 5 and 6 are making two other films called The Ice Beneath Her and Reunion. But I don't know. Like I, I really like uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher Lanthan is his name. I really like, I really liked Freaky. Yeah. And I really liked Happy Death Day. I think he, like, yeah, I love. The Happy I haven't Death seen Day the movies. second one. And I even thought uh, Paranormal Activity: The Marked Ones was one of the best Paranormal Activity movies. Um, I think he, I think mm -hmm. he can yeah. kind of. I think that's my second favorite paranormal activity meaning. Well, one of that's a there's slim pickings in that franchise, but marked ones and next of kin, I think, were the <laughs> you like the two outliers that don't follow the main story. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think he <laughs> is. I I think his style is perfect for the tone of Scream, so I'm on I'm on board for him. If it's not the, yeah. the two directors that they already had in place, he's probably your best. At, to replace them, so and we know he can do a slasher movie because I know they kind of drifted off with it in Happy Death Day and Freaky, but like the beginning of Freaky, yeah, the mask killer, yeah. well, like this really could have been a Friday the Thirteenth yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> like if they ever did one of one of those, I think. He'd be a good yeah. choice for, and him. I think it does. Um, I, I I think he knows that tone very well, so I think he's probably a very uh, yeah very safe bet for this. So I don't know because Scream Five has kind of soured on me since I've seen it. Screams. I have not rewatched really it since. Okay, yeah, I Scream Six theaters. really loved. Um, yeah, it. It's almost I like, I don't know why one. you couldn't... I think they're trying to fast-track this and have it come out next year again. I don't know why you wouldn't yeah. just... I don't know if it's going to happen, like, though, now. I don't know why you couldn't just push it back a, a year. That way you... It's like, uh, Anna Ortega is one of the biggest actresses in the world right now, so you you got to worry about even getting her in the movie. Yeah, I think, she, I think she couldn't film it when they wanted to originally because of Wednesday. Yeah, and I think right now she's filming Beetlejuice too, and that's a yeah unnecessary movie if I've ever seen one. But <laughs> that's like Hocus Pocus too. Like, why? <laughs> what was the point? I know because it wasn't good. It's like too little, too late. Like. They pushed that thing onto Disney Plus, and it seemed like no one cared about it. <laughs> but I was, um, I was hyped, but I was also let down. <laughs> yeah, I never seen it. I I saw the first one like as an adult, so I think it was too late. Well, I really enjoyed the first one. I saw it as an adult too. Okay, I just thought it was okay. I don't think it was bad by any means, but. Okay, so my second bit of horror news, and I have about, about th three other things to go over with you. Uh, we can fly through two of them pretty quick. Okay. 
Number two, apparently Blumhouse is interested in purchasing A Nightmare on Elm Street, and they are in development for making a requel. Uh, this came from a Twitter account that was um, very um, unknown. So I don't, even know, I don't even know how this became breaking news. I'm trying to find the tweet, but I can't. Oh, here it is. It's from the V Scooper. They have 1,600 followers, and apparently they have been known to kind of uh, deliver on breaking news. But, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I feel like this would have to be from a more credited source than this, because a report came out later that said... Uh, okay, so the original report... Let me get that out of the way first. The original report says that Blumhouse has secretly been working on making a requel to the first entry of A Nightmare on Elm Street. This revival is of high priority. We don't have a uh -huh. date yet, but we shouldn't expect it so far away. Okay? Okay. So according to this Twitter account, it, it's coming soon. Like, I don't know how soon, but they've been secretly doing it. And then, word mm. came out that Blumhouse is not making a Nightmare on Elm Street movie simply because they don't own the rights. So, just, you know, basic... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. like basic uh you know movie stuff they just don't own it so they can't do it um so i don't know if that's true i don't know do you have any thoughts <laughs> i would like another elm street movie robert england said he's not gonna do another one though yeah Th that's how i feel like i really want one if this is true it's awesome if it's not i won't be surprised because of who it came from but no, hopefully, yeah, hope, I'd say, hopefully it is true. I don't think. But I still think we're getting Freddy or Jason anytime soon. Yeah, hopefully it is true, but who knows? I also don't know if Jason's going to be in that TV series coming out next year. No, we'll see. I'm not expecting him. My next bit of news is the Saw the Saw Ten trailer came out. Not not Saw Six that came out. That came out like a while ago, fourteen <laughs> years ago. Uh, Saw 10, the trailer came out. Did you see it? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm going to be on board. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the record saying that I think it looks very good. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of Saw 1, 2, 3, and 6. Kind of 5, but... And it, it, it seems to be in the same tone as those movies. So it takes place between Saw 1 and 2. And I'm very excited. You know, the way you feel about The Nun 2 is the way I feel about Saw X. Also, you plan on avoiding Saw 10 at all costs? I mean, I'm still going <laughs> to see it. But I have no desire for it okay at all okay i've i've seen the trailer seen who's in the movie and it looks very good but i already know it's gonna be an episode an, an episode it might yeah because okay. it'd be a new release 
Oh, but... oh, I, I didn't know what you meant by episode. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I was like an episode. Yeah, like an episode of Saw. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm not really here for it. Okay. But we'll see. Yeah. And uh, my final bit of news, and I don't know if you've heard this one. Apparently, runtime for uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is uh, close to three hours. How do we feel? Okay. I mean... And, uh, th- this is this could be just the cut they currently have. Like, it could be cut down a little bit. But, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if this is the official runtime. just came out that the, the runtime they're working with right now is close to three hours. So, Ed. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I think I think we need to. They need to fill in like the backstory and everything. Yeah, like if if they're gonna do like, I'm just sorry. Go ahead. I'm just worried it's gonna have a dumb ending, based on the trailer. Okay, I didn't pay attention to the trailer too much to know about that. But yeah, uh, if if they're doing like an origin, and they are, uh, you know, uh, struggling to make it work, like I'm fine with them doing over two hours, maybe pushing close yeah. to three. Like first it movie was over two hours, like that was very good. Uh, it chapter two, not so much. I don't really like that one. Um. That one was pushing three hours, definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I do want to... that. So, we have like a month. We, we have like the rest of the episodes for August planned out pretty much. Then we have like September. We have like nothing planned for. So, I think I might throw It Chapter 2 into the list of September episodes if you're interested. Oh, yeah, for its... um. Four year anniversary. Well, that wasn't intentional, but could be. <laughs> could be, yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm fine with this being like if it's two movies in one, that's fine. Uh not that it's two movies in one, but if they're kind of making it seem that way with like an origin and whatnot, I'd be fine with this being two hour or over two hours pushing three. Like that's fine. I do think we gotta tone down on the three hour movies though. Um not every movie on the movie. has to be three hours. There's there's some out there that are uh, pushing it. But. Yeah. I think like Babylon, for example, had to be three hours and the Fablements. Yeah. And uh, God is a Bullet, my favorite movie of the year. Like they, they yeah. made that thing two hours on the release, on the VOD release. I guess the uncut version is out now too. And I think the uncut version is better. So. Oh yeah, didn't they cut up like that little yeah. side story? I mean, it, it works in the two hour version. But I, uh, in, in my review for God is a Bullet, the second time I watched it, I put on Letterboxd something like, as the self-proclaimed world's biggest God is a Bullet fan, I would 
I'm disappointed that they cut half hour out of the movie or something like that. So I have my Instagram attached to my letterbox. Like the link is in in there. And I got a message on Instagram uh-huh. from somebody that said, as the self-proclaimed biggest God is a Bullet fan, what did they cut out of the movie? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's that's uh-huh. awesome for you for you to... Uh-huh. Uh, well, sure. no, they weren't rude about it. They were... This was the first time they seen oh. it. And they wanted to know what was cut out of it. And they were like, since you're the biggest God is a Bullet fan, can you tell me what they cut out? Oh, were you like unable to, or having? Because that storyline doesn't. That's really what I matter told them. Because they only saw the two-hour version, and yeah, it was like, it was just a side plot. I would have, I would have had trouble explaining it. Well, I, I forget the actress, but I said there's a whole side plot involving, um, the what, this whatever her name is. I'm drawing a blank, but I was like her story is not in the movie pretty much they, they, they weren't rude about it at all they were just saying like since I had that in my review that I was the biggest God as a Bullet fan they just want they wanted to know <laughs> like what wasn't in the in the version they saw so I'm glad they reached out because uh <laughs> I'm glad that uh they can call me the biggest God is a bold fan, and I'm glad that the word is getting out there that it's me. <laughs> yeah. That you are the biggest fan. Thanks. Good job. All right. <laughs> um, jump into our weekly recommendations. Right. Would you like to? I'm in time. What's the best? Here we are. It's time oh, yeah, it's to recommend time. something you and me were recommending. What were you saying? <laughs> it's almost time to revisit X oh, yeah. and Pearl. Is the season. I have them on my horror movie list okay. for September and October. Speaking of, the Spirit Halloween just opened where we live. Oh, yeah. So it's almost time say, to... It's officially it spooky time to It's officially spooky the season. Wars. When the Spirit sign goes up, mm-hmm. summer's over. The ghosts come yeah, out. Yeah, sure. All right. What would you like to <laughs> recommend? Well, I want to stay in Ooh. purgatory for this one. So, that's not where you want to be. And I'm... I'm, uh, I'm saying purgatory is not a good place to be. It, w- it was a joke. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> it actually would not be um, bad in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend the new Haunted Mansion. Ooh. Purgatory double feature, if you will. Go ahead. Disney. (laughs) This, well, this new Haunted Mansion, it's not, it's a Disney movie, but they knew who the audience was. So, like, the humor and 
storylines and stuff is for like I would say teens, young adults. Like it's kind of like Barbie because it has the PG thirteen rating. Okay. So it's like it, yeah, it could be for kids, but technically, I think it's more so geared toward an or- older audience. But yeah, it's pretty much the same as the original one where this woman and her son move into this mansion and find out that it's haunted. So they have to, they call this group of people to help cleanse the home. Okay. Um, is that a remake of the Eddie Murphy movie? Yeah. Because I remember watching that movie and there's always been a scene that stuck with me that involved the kid having to like reach through spiders or something. Is that in the new one? Uh-huh. Okay. No. And it's a shame because there's one person <laughs> in this movie that is giving it a bad rap. Okay. And it's Jared Leto. Oh, I had no idea he was in that movie. He plays, um, it's called Hat, the Hatbox Ghost. Pretty much the evil spirit in the movie. But, I mean, I don't like Jared Leto either. Not, well, not that I don't like him. I he, get he's, the, the, the like. It's questionable. The turn, yeah, I get the turn off from him, but in this particular movie, you really don't even know it's him until okay. you see the flashbacks. So I don't, I don't know how everybody just thinks, oh, he's doing a terrible job in the movie because you can't even tell it's him most okay. of the time. Interesting. Does he play? Does he play? Huh. It plays a ghost. Okay, yeah, I didn't even know he was in the movie, so. Oh, but he has like a skeleton okay. face most of the Interesting. movie. Yeah. But yeah, it has, it has a good cast. Jamie Lee Curtis makes an appearance. Yeah. I thought she was in the movie a decent amount, but. Yeah, she well, she's in it. Not not a lot, but okay. A few scenes. Interesting. Yeah. But I thought it was very good. I think they should have held off on the release until next month. Because it's very Halloween revived. It's funny you mention that because as of recording this episode on August 5th, they is the 25 year anniversary of Halloween H2O. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of... <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, let me see. I I guess I'm going to recommend a movie with a similar vibe that I've already mentioned many times on this episode. Uh, I'm going to mention Smile from last year, which was also a... a no. <laughs> you were going to say hereditary. <laughs> uh, Smile from last year, which was a previous episode that we did. And I think I like it I love even Smile. more than I did when we've recorded the episode on that. And I'm mad at myself for not mentioning that in my top uh, 
20 movies of last year. But yeah. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't think it cracked 10. my top twenty. <laughs> as, as speaking of like, I, I guess what we do is we list twenty to ten, and then we like break down the top ten. So I don't think it even got mentioned on my list. But there, you know, if I had to add it back into there, I would, and uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be in there it somewhere. It would make an appearance. But, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, I think I have had it in like the twenties at some some point. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's all I got for this episode. Uh, next week, uh, which Dracula movie do we have uh, coming at us? I don't know. Uh, Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula from nineteen ninety two. Is that the plan? <laughs> yeah, Dracula. Okay. Yes, we're. It's not Dracula, it's a, a cover. We are prepping for The Last Voyage of the Demeter by uh, covering uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I guess has, like, no connection to it. But if you Doesn't know... Doesn't that movie come out this Friday? Yeah, next week. Something like that. We'll, 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 we'll either do The Last Voyage of the Demeter or Dracula. We'll, we'll see, depending on showtime. Yeah, and in either order, I'm not sure which one. Either we're gonna do the Demeter first, and then Dracula, or Dracula and then the Demeter. We'll see. But mm-hmm. um, also have a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode coming out when in the next couple weeks. Oh yeah, the video game's coming out. Yeah, because the video comes out like the 18th, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, I hope that. Yeah, I think so. That um, an episode will probably be a little delayed from the release of the video game, but it'll be around that time. Uh, I I think we're doing Leatherface from Lord's Year of 2017. Uh, but uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I think that's one we're doing. Yeah. Yes, because I have not seen it. I think that's the only one I'm missing now. Okay, and you're not missing much, but. <laughs> I think I finally uh, made my way through the franchise, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's bad. It's one of the worst ones. But, <laughs> but yeah. So that's the the run for the next few weeks. And uh, yeah, we'll obviously go from there. But we got we'll mm-hmm. be back next week with either Dracula or Last Voyage of the Demeter. We'll we'll see. When we get there. Um, you do anything else? We'll see when the ship when the ship lands. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> right. So, if you want to follow us on social media, you can on Instagram. We're at Santamira After Dark. On Twitter, we're at Santamira Ed Pod or X, whatever you want to call it. On Threads, we're there too. If you're one of the Left for God. one of the seventeen people using Threads, we're we're there. Um, I made a thread. I, I made a few, and then. Never looked back. Yeah, I made a few, and it's fallen off big time. I guess Mark Zuckerberg said only eight million people are using it, and I think that's very generous. So I don't yeah. know if that means the like the app was opened eight million times, but 
about eight million accounts have been made. Well, no, because it was, I guess, like a bunch of people from Instagram made their way over naturally because it was such an easy transition. Yeah. But it was just keeping people there was the problem because the timeline on there is is uh -huh. horrible. Like my timeline is full of people I don't know. <laughs> well, they have the for you and like Twitter, and then the following. Okay, maybe I I'm not to use it properly. So I always get stuck in the for you, and then I don't see who I'm following. Okay. Well, regardless, we're we're there, I guess. Maybe. Uh, yeah, kind of. Please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, until next time, I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. And curfew is now in session. And I let you in. Yes. Oh. Oh, was that your ghost voice? Yeah, that was me being possessed. Yeah.